Thanks, everyone. You know, um, you've heard of the term head, uh, deer on headlights, right? When, uh, when, when the headlights on, on the deer, you find that it just gets frozen, correct? Um, sometimes I... <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is... I'm sharing that is two things. One is, you know, it was, it was interesting yesterday. My, my brother and sister-in-law, they came down from Adelaide. They're here for a few days. And so they... So I picked him up from um, one of the houses somewhere around here that they were visiting. And um, as we went back, we took them for a walk. If you've been to my place, there are some really nice walking areas and some lovely houses just about a minute or two from our home. And we were just walking there. And as we came back, I saw a bunch of guys that were in there that were just on the side of my house going to my to the back in the middle of our house, we've got a deck. Um, and so they were there, and they were trying to do certain things. And I was thinking, I thought, maybe it was Ryan's friends. And I was thinking, what in the world are these guys doing in my backyard? And suddenly I'm seeing one neighbor, I'm seeing another neighbor. And as I get closer, they're saying, oh, there's a deer that's stuck between my fence, my house, and my neighbor, my neighbor has a wall that he's put. Not the Mexican wall, but there's a wall that he's put, right? Uh, I'll, I'll stay here. And, and so, he's, so it's actually about this, this wide, probably. Not even a meter, maybe this wide. And a deer has jumped right in between. And it got stuck there. And they were trying to get the deer. I think they, they tried to call animal... Not the animal party, but they tried to call, they tried to call uh, animal protection, I think it is. So something, yeah, they, I think, weren't going to come in time. But, you know, we've heard of stories that there are deers near our home. And, uh, and this is the first time to find he'd come into my home, uh, destroyed a little, some of our, you know, plants there because I think he just panicked and then just jumped on the other side trying Trying to, trying to escape. And when they, when they carried, carried it on, its, on, on the back, right? And I was just thinking, oh, man, that would be so good to really put it into a spit. And, you know, that's all going through my mind, right? I was just thinking, this will be so good to smoke. And then as I'm thinking, my neighbor said, man, wouldn't that be good to put it on a spit? I said, there's my kind of neighbor, hallelujah. So praise God, I'm living beside two people now. Some of you, please don't come and stone me after service. It's not Bambi, it didn't even look like Bambi at all. Okay, so, and, and you know, as, as I think of that, and, and as I, as I, as guys who led us in worship today, there, there, was, there was some moments where it, it was as if, I felt like as if it was deer on headlights for me, because she was taking us through songs that we didn't even rehearse at all, right? But I knew God is definitely moving, right? The Lord is moving, and she is responding to the move and the spirit of the Lord. And I'm thinking, there you deserve it because you do this so often to them. So, <laughs> so I had to keep, I had to just try to figure out, okay, now she's going there, now it's going to be this chord, now it's going to be that, Right? 
And I was, I was thinking of, uh, and I'll share some verses, but, and as I was looking out as well, I was seeing some of you were like deer with headlights. You just didn't know, didn't know where it was going and like, okay, what do I do? You know, what's, what's happening? Do I, do I sing this? Do I do this? Do I do that? Or you felt, you know, sometimes you feel kind of trapped, just like the deer. You know, and someone needs to come and rescue you. And, and you're trying to get out because you're jumping here, you're jumping there, and you find suddenly you're in this crevice like that. Because my, my style of worship is different. I came from a church where we don't do all of these sorts of things. Suddenly, you guys are jumping, you're dancing, you're raising your hands, you're, you know, uh, the worship leader over here is just bouncing like a, like a bunny, you know. And, and, and there are other things we ask you to prost- prostrate. Oh, praise God. Thank you. We ask you to prostrate. Hallelujah. Bless God. I won't go there because those of you who know, know I always stumble at this word. In Jesus' name, he's delivered me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you know, we do so much of that. And the worship team was just, you know, some, the worship leader was just saying, we need to do probably a session just explaining why we worship the way we do. Right. What's, so today I'm going to do a part one, part two. Next week we were supposed to have a visiting speaker, but he's unavailable, right? Because his uh, brother-in-law passed away, so he's got to go and do the funeral in Queensland. So I'm going to take this as a part two. But next week is going to be very, very practical. So please do come. I can assure you it will not be like deer on headlights. For you, it will be a great experience, right? I want to, I want to read something to you. One of the reasons that music can be such a strong vehicle for transformation is the ability to shift our emotions in a positive way. When we can transform our emotions or remove an emotional block, we open the door for healing. We open the door for healing. We open the door... When we can transform our emotions or remove an emotional block, we open the door for healing to occur. Many of us affect our health negatively on a daily basis by either ignoring or not bringing awareness to our emotions. So the healing process is all about moving back into balance and returning to our natural state of wholeness. Just hear that again. A state of balance. Music can provide an antidote to our venomous emotional states. If we become aware of the healing power that it holds, music is more than just a song on a radio. It is a language that exists inside you. I will share the three aspects of music that is inside of you. I'll clue you on. Rhythm is one. So next week, come back for the next two, and we will, we, we, we will, de- we will develop that a little, a little bit more. Amen? It can tap into to alleviate emotional stresses that challenge your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, 
and your physical health by using music, sound, and vibration. We can bring all of this into, into and, and to create a space and hear this for deep, deep healing. Right? Deep healing. You know, sometimes our days are our days are like, you know, like like yesterday, my 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 day was one of those that was imbalanced because I suddenly had a need to actually minister. I I had to prep, I, I had to finish two messages. This week I had I, I had to prep three messages. One for a memorial service, which I had to record a few few days ago. And yesterday I had planned to do that in the day, but I I couldn't because of the need to actually spend some time ministering. And so when I got back fairly late, I still hadn't recorded a message that I needed to send to a church in Taragon. So in the morning, early in the hours of the morning, I'm, I'm recording a message on emotional health. And once I was done, you know, I just went through all my notes for, for, this, for this morning. And, and I'm just thinking, man, so many things can leak out. Because, you know, you come, you're, 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 you know, normally we're prepped and we're prepared for certain things. And life just kind of throws you off. And so what happens then to you? How do you respond? How do you respond when suddenly you get, you, you know, you get more patience than you need? And you, you can't handle that. You know, life is often, you know, often takes you off kilter. And what happens emotionally, it begins to really manifest. And so how does music and how does worship play a part? So... I, I want to touch on, on something that here we as a church um, have as a culture. We teach this, we practice this, this is what we do every week, right? Every Sunday, this is what we do, right? Uh, this is probably not the right... Uh, yeah, is there a different one that was sent to you guys? Oh dear. That should start with uh, its basic definition, prophetic worship, its basic definition. Are you, did it, it didn't come? Well, that I think is my, my faults. Guys, can I just send this to you right now? Sorry, folks. Amen. Um, 
No, okay, it's just, it's just flown over to you. <laughs> Praise God. So let, let, me, let me just read the definition anyways. The, uh, the, the definition for, for prophetic worship, right? In its basic definition, prophetic worship is speaking, singing, or acting under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord, which in turn shows our complete surrender in worship to Him. Okay, let me repeat that. So in its basic definition, in its basic definition, In its, yeah, sorry. in its basic definition, prophetic worship is speaking, singing, or acting under the inspiration of the Lord, which in turn shows our complete surrender to worship to Him. So you saw a worship leader here today had all of the songs prepared, we rehearsed. But there came a time where there was this sense of complete surrender that was happening. Amen? Did you not notice that? That there was, folks, please respond. Did, did you, you did respond, I mean, not that you did respond, you did notice that, praise God. And so there, there was this sense of complete surrender. When there is this sense of complete surrender, you sometimes, you know, you're, 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 you're at a place wondering now, how do I navigate through this? Because this is subjective, am I right? Because you might be sitting there wondering, why is she going there? I don't feel that I need to go there. But here, she's sensing, or the worship leader is sensing from God, I need to go there. You heard her say, church, come on, let's press in. Church, let's press in. So, when you consider the verse in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, guys, just give me the thumbs up if it's ready. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. Man, pay rise, definitely. Pay rise out of here. Praise God. Oh, last week I said you guys were great. Today you are like greater than greats. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Jacob. So as, as you see that, and, and as we expand on this, on, on, on being prophetic, as, 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 we, as, as we see, even within the context of the Old Testament prophets, there are times where they acted out His Word. Correct? They were naked. They lied. They were lying down. They did, they did things that were really so out of the box. The Lord's desire is to reveal Himself to us. He's not the person who wants to keep Himself hidden. Right? God wants to unveil Himself to each and every one of us. So, However, the Lord, for the Lord to show Himself, we must also be considered trustworthy or worthy of being trusted. That He wants to come and unveil. He wants to pour this out. So, have you felt that sometimes you want to, like, uh, my, to mow the lawn at my home because we, with the help of a couple of, of you here, we, we put in a, a fairly large amount of, of lawn at the back. I don't like giving anyone else to mow the lawn except me. And there are some of you here who are just like that. Because I've come to your house and I've seen your lawn, so I know, right? So you, you are as pedantic. The only person I will trust is, is Ryan in my house. 
So he's the only other person that, because it's an aspect of trust. He's worthy enough to be trusted because I know he has an eye, he has a keen, when I say keenness, not keenness to mow the lawn, but keenness to make sure he gets it right, right, in that sense. So, so there is this aspect of trust that God now wants to come, and he wants to pour it out. So as we are worshiping, as the worship leader is saying, come on, let's press in, there comes a hesitation on some of you here. So now ask yourself, how and why will God want to unveil himself to you? At that point in time, when there is an invitation to go deeper. Just keep it in the back of your mind, right? So when Moses came down from the mountain, do you realize he needed to wear a veil? So let's look at that verse in, in, um, in Exodus chapter 3. 30, 34. Um, but prior to that, can we just go back to that, the definition before that for me, please? I want to read the second part where it says, prophetic worship is meant to allow God's reflection to be seen in us so that others may respond and come to know Him. So as I see someone bowing down, as I see something happening, I'm seeing the reflection of God so what, what happens then? What happens to me when I see that reflection? I want to be drawn close to that. Or the other is, what happens in this, in this next verse, right? As we, as, as we see in, in Exodus chapter 34. And it says this. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with, with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come near him. And until, and hear this, until Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. They could not Take the glory of God that was on his face. What does that tell you and I? So he had to put on a veil to come and speak to different, to his congregation that was there. And in, in the next verse, in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's look at that. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So when that begins to happen, imagine this, that now there isn't the veil. We do not have this issue to deal with anymore because the veil was torn in two, right? And we have now this direct access into the presence of God. So, friends, when we come together and when we worship, we're not just singing a bunch of songs just to fill time. We're not just singing songs to make you feel happy or make you feel good, though it does happen, right? It must, and it will. 
Because as you, as I read earlier, music has the power of healing. And I'll read, I'll, I'll read a few more aspects, most probably next week, on sound and vibration and what it actually can do to us and how our brain begins to actually, how our brain gets healed through all of this as well. So it's, it's, it's powerful what God has given us, what God has, has, has given each, each one of us, actually. There is an innate aspect inside us. But as we come back to this verse here, and the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So spending time in His presence, getting into that space, bowing down, kneeling, surrendering, surrendering, as we read the, uh, the definition of prophetic worship, as you surrender. Maybe it is difficult for you to surrender based on your culture. Maybe it is difficult to surrender based on your age. Maybe it is difficult to surrender because you feel disappointed with God. There are so many reasons, but those reasons will never be good enough for us to fully come to a place and surrender. Maybe Jesus could have turned around and said, it is too difficult for me to bear this cup. You heard me share this a few weeks ago, that even Jesus had to build his faith enough to believe. Will my father raise me if I die? I know we look at that statement and, and, and we say, if it be your will, take this cup, but not my will, but your will be done, and we, we stay there. But, but if we consider what I'm just saying, that that period of time, he was dealing with this, this whole aspect of his sense of his faith was being, was, was, was being affected. What if I go down and I remain there? Don't you think all of those things would have gone through his mind? And he fights through all of that. That's why there will never be a challenge that you and I go through that Jesus has not ever handled. There will never be. There will never be an issue in your life, no matter how gross, no matter how difficult it is, that Jesus will never be able to solve for you and to take you through. And some of you need to hear this, and you need to hear this again and again. Because you may feel victimized, but today God is going to, God wants, God wants to say this, you are victorized, not victimized. You're a victor. He's, he's made you and I a, a victor. And so coming to worship is actually celebrating the victory that is already within, within our lives. No matter how tired you are, no matter how little sleep you may have, He can energize you. And he can cause you and I to come to a place where everything else doesn't matter, but we just, Lord, I just want to, I just want to truly enter in. So let's look at the practical definition. That's strange. Let's look at the practical definition. To move prophetically in worship is to move with an awareness, desire, and leading of the Holy Spirit moment by moment. And you observe that today. To discern the direction of the Spirit and to lead God's people into a fuller participation. So what's the responsibility of the worship leader here? 
It is to lead each and every one of us into a fuller participation. It is not for you to abdicate your role to the worship leader. It is not to say, you go ahead and sing it. It's, it's in the too hard basket for me. I will just stand and just observe. No. If you've never raised your hands, friends, it's time for you to consider that. Because look at this verse. I mean, look at this definition. This is an aspect of prophetic worship. Moment by moment, what is God doing to you as you begin to hear a song, as you begin to hear a prophetic word that is spoken? What are you entering into? Is there an awareness that comes over you? Jacob, I'm not sure why this is going back to prophetic worship as I press this, but maybe you might need to control it. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean? So one is, from that definition or what prophetic worship is, it is a response to God. How do you respond to God? Uh, clothed with thunder... Is, is that the... Um, clothed with rainbow, sorry. Clothed with thunder. <laughs> I love to change all the words. Clothed, filled with wonder. That's it. Filled with wonder. Awestruck wonder. At the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power. Breath and living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Says so we're seeing that filled with wonder. What is filling you? What's filling your mind? Wondering what's in the oven? Or wondering what you're going to have for lunch? Maybe. Maybe. It happens to the best of us. Right? But we still can shift that. Because what is happening moment by moment. I want this to be as real as it, as it can be, folks. Because... God is doing something extremely powerful here in this church. I'll, I'll try that one more time. Amen. God is doing something extremely powerful here in this church. Amen. God is doing something extremely powerful here in this church. Amen. God is doing something extremely powerful here in this church. God is doing something extremely powerful here in this church. <laughs> I love to come up here and do this. It's so, it's, it's so, play, yeah, because I'm with family, so I can, you know, you can always muck around with family, hallelujah. So those of you who are joining us online, one more time, God is doing something powerful in this church. Okay, we can hear you too. Praise God. So God begins... And, and for that to happen, we need to begin to respond. We need to begin to ride this wave that he's, that he's creating in our midst, which means you've got to put aside. You've you got to put aside your, your culture. You've got to put aside your apprehension. You've got to put all of that aside. And you've got to begin to embrace what is new, what God is leading you and I into. He's not just leading one or two of us. He's not just leading the worship leader here and a, and a few musicians. He's leading all of us here. He's not just leading the elders. He's not just leading some of the pastors. 
some of the ministry heads. He's leading each and every one of us here. Because the danger with not entering in is building a golden calf. That's the danger. If you and I don't enter, we will build for ourselves a golden calf. And we will pull others to help us begin to build that. So friends, we've got to really consider this. What else? Praise, we speak. So what, what does that definition, in a sense, mean? That we response, it's, it's a response to God. And in that response, we speak, right? Amongst the staff here in this church, we have a particular culture that when it is someone's birthday, we begin to share things about that person. We speak positive aspects about that person. We give a prophetic word. We share a thing. We share something that we believe is, is, is such a, a, um, a, a positive element in this person's life. And you know, when the person leaves that, they just get so overwhelmed with all of these things that everyone is saying about them because so many of us on a daily basis speak negative things to ourselves. So many of us do that. And when you get, you know, 12 to 15 people speaking that over you, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so powerful. So imagine what happens as we begin to praise and speak to God, right? Uh, sorry, need to bring it back to that. Uh, Prophesy that God speaks. So we speak, then God speaks in turn. He, he will begin to prophesy. To prophesy or to be prophetic simply means to speak, sing, write, or act under divine inspiration. A prophetic worship is a way to live life so that God's heart, His words, and voice are made obvious to those around us. So again, sp say that with me. Prophetic worship is a way to live life so that God's heart, words, and voice are made obvious to those around us. So as you begin to sing, as you sing a, a song that is unrehearsed, people beside you are listening. And it is going to change their lives. It is going to touch their lives. Shall we give it a try? So I'm just going to give you a simple quote here. I'll, I'll give you the same riffs that we played earlier. at this, the definition here, it says, prophetic worship is a way to live life so that God's heart, 
His words and voice are made obvious to those around us. What's in your heart that you want to sing to Him? What's in your heart you want to say to Him? Why don't you stand with me now? Just close your eyes. Okay, one sec. Now you're starting to get prepped, I'm sure. I can just, I can just sense that you're preparing. You're, you're starting to think. Your cogwheels are starting to turn. What is it that you want to just shout out? Just shout out. What would you want to make obvious? What is it about God that you want to make obvious to someone? He's an open door. What else? Come on. He's worthy of praise. What else? He's full of love. I'm looking here because I need... I, I need a few more. He brings joy. Yeah, Annika, come on. Poke your mom some more. That's good. That's good. And you can do that. Husbands do that to your wives. So wives do that to your husband. Come on. What else? So open door. Sorry, he's full of love. He's testimony. Worthy of praise. Uh, Shiva, he brings joy. Now we've got all of that. So just begin to sing that. Just sing it out. He brings joy. He's my open door. He's worthy of praise. Oh, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. Just sing that out. And if you need some help, begin to sing in the spirit. That will help you. Just keep your eyes closed. Don't worry about who's beside you, who's in front of you. Eileen, come up to the mic and sing us a song. Come on, Eileen.
Amen. Let's give her a hand. Let's give her a hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I already actually did prepare her earlier. I told her, I said, if I invite you up, are you going to faint? And she said, no, she won't. So praise God. Let's give her another hand. Amen. Thank you. Thanks so much, Eileen. Really, truly appreciate that. So the, what you just saw being demonstrated is simply this, that we come back to that last aspect there where it says, prophetic worship is a way to live life so that God's heart his words and voice are made obvious to those around us. You've got a voice, friends. And the voice is not to be kept silent. Ross mentioned about testimony. Singing is actually a declaration of that testimony. I sing because... I am happy. I sing because I am free. Because his eye is on the? No, it's on you. You ain't a sparrow, my friend. Right? His eye is on you. So you can sing because of that freedom that is within you. Hallelujah. And, and so as, you, as, as we look now at this next verse, I love this verse. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And here again, it gives you the subjective and the objective aspect. Spirit is subjective. Truth is objective. We know why we believe. We know why we believe. Hallelujah. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is, so God is seeking these kind of worshipers. He's seeking you. He's not seeking the worship necessarily, but he's seeking you, right? God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. His worshipers must worship in the subjective and in the objective. Both of these things need to be happening simultaneously. So sometimes you may get a, you may get a, a prod like, like, like um, Anika, Anika, right? Anika or Anika? Anika, okay. So like Anika might prod the mom and say, come on, mom. Say something or sing something. And that's like the Holy Spirit coming and prodding us. Come on, speak and say something. Tonight, you might suddenly picture Anika coming and prodding you. Tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. So... I hope I've got the message version here. Yes, I do have the message version. So look at this other version. The message version, it says it this way. Why don't you read it with me together? Let's do it together. It is who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer being itself spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. Now let's personalize it. And let's say, it is who I am and the way I live that count before God. My worship must engage my spirit in the pursuit of truth. 
That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer spirit being itself. Spirit, sorry. Those who worship must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. So as you put this into perspective, because you can read this verse till kingdom come. We can do this. But now comes the part where we begin to act it out. We begin to work it out. We begin to walk it out. And that's the aspect of worship. So when you get a worship leader encouraging you to come, to come along, don't respond by saying, but this is my way of worshiping. Only Frank Sinatra can say that. None of us should be able to say that. Because he may have done it his way. But we've got to go about God's way. Hallelujah. We need to go about God's way. And if the Lord is inviting us to come into a space, we will never really experience that aspect of transformation that can only happen in that space, that can only happen if we begin to abandon and surrender ourselves. People can tell me that, you know, jumping off the plane and, 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 and parachuting and all of that is just, oh gosh, what a free thrill, jumping off like a bungee jumping and all of that. That is so amazing. It is just simply amazing. It's this free fall. It's this free fall. You know, I, I can say, oh gosh, it'll be so nice. It'll be so nice. But I don't have the guts to bungee jump. <laughs> Maybe parachute, yes, but bungee jumping, No. Because I fear that the thing will snap. But somehow I don't fear that the chute won't open. I don't know why, but that's, that's the way I think, right? So some of us are caught in particular paradigms that God wants to come and break. He wants to come and deliver you. So what is this week's assignment? It is this. I want to end with this. There are stacks of other verses and, and, and slides that I will, I, I will share next week. And I'll do a practical aspect of explaining what happens up here on stage. What are the musicians doing? What are they playing to assist you and I to enter into that space of worship? Now, music is not the only way to worship. But we're talking about this as an important way. Right? Now, the link between music and prophecy is this, that in 1 Chronicles chapter 25, David appoints musicians and singers. Right? You find that the chief musicians and the singers, actually, the singers that he appointed, according to the Babylonian Talmud, the singers needed to go through five years of apprenticeship before they could sing. Because there was, a, there was an element of skill that he demanded. In the Mishnah, it says that it could be even more than that, could be even seven years. Right? So there was a serious element there. There was a serious requirement that David had 
for his singers, for his musicians, that they needed to be in that space. They needed to devote themselves towards a sense of skill and excellence. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5 and 6, Saul begins to prophesy as musicians were ministering. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 14, Elisha calls for a skilled musician. So as we look at that, as we look at, 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 at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, sorry, chapter 25, verse 1, David together with the commanders of the army, set apart some sons of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun for the ministry of prophesying accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. Here is a list of the men who performed the service. So there was a sense of setting apart that was happening. That as they set, and, and, the, and, and the words that are used here is this, for the ministry of prophesying, accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. Right? The next verse. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place, with, again, with lyres, with timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them. And they will be prophesying. And look at verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. So this is, he's saying this to Saul, will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. So when you heard Eileen sing, what do you think was happening there? There was an alignment. Am I right? Because she was starting to sing certain things that you were beginning to hear only because she had the microphone. So you could hear that. And as you begin to embrace that, what's, what's happening? You're coming under that cloud. You're coming under what is already starting to happen. So as that begins to happen, you then now are set free. You then now begin to enter into a space where you are starting to do that. And, and so when you, when you place yourself under such things, when you come to this church and when you begin to experience the sort of worship that happens here, what happens to you? You, well, you, you do become another person, but what else? What actually really happens then to you? What else? You start to prophesy, love that. You begin to shout to the Lord, you are invited into that space where maybe in your own privacy, that might not be happening. You are, you are being invited into a space where you begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know, like, like, like anything else, right? So often you go and have a meal. What happens? You love that. And then, you know, during the, during the weekday, you crave for that particular aspect. And, and you can't get that because you can't cook that unless you go back to that space again and again and again and again and again. 
you know, is there a craving within us that after our time of worship that, Lord, we crave, we crave for this, that I want to be able to do that. And I want, and I want to say this, folks. God is the chef. He is the one who creates this. So in your space where something might be cooking, you can get that happening as well. You can taste and see that the Lord is good where you are at. And then when you come back the following week, imagine what happens. Come on, work with me on this, on this, on this food thing, on this cooking thing. What do you think begins to happen? We have an all-you-can-eat meal. It's a buffet because you now bring a plate to share. You bring your plate to share. That's what's happening because he's cooking something where you are. Because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You're not relying on us to prepare a meal for you week after week. Because as you see, the, numbers of, the number of chefs up here are reducing. We need more chefs up here. We're happy to train you. CJ will do an amazing job. Others here as well will do an amazing job. But I said CJ because she's our music director, so she's the ASF. Hallelujah. Come on, guys, say amen with me. Yes. Two Kings, let me end with this. Two Kings chapter 3, verse 14. This is powerful. Elisha said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you. But now bring me a harpist. Bring me a musician. So while the harpist or the musician was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha and he began to prophesy. Because he was agitated. He didn't like this king. What did I say about healing earlier? Music. has the power to heal. It has the power to bring you into a place. So be careful the kind of music that you listen to. Be very, very careful what you listen to. There's some music that when you begin to listen, just something awesome begins to happen. So if you just close your eyes and just listen to what guy three is just playing right now. Where does it take you to? What are you starting to see? Just bear with me for a minute or two. Let's end with this. Because he's saying, now come taste and see. And you know what, folks? I want to give you this opportunity. If there's someone here, that you want to, you want to break out of your, 
of, of your sense of fear? The musicians will just keep playing this, just the simple thing that's going on. I want to invite you to come grab that mic. Just grab it off Kev. Right, just grab it off Kev. Come, take and sing it. Or you can just raise your hands. If you don't want to come forward, that's fine. Just raise your hands and the mic will go to you. Just sing it out. Just do something today. Just, just break out. But keep your... Everyone else, keep your eyes closed. Unless you're the one that wants to go and grab the mic, go for it. But don't sit there. You know, there will come a bubbling inside of you. There will come something that says, go for it, go for it. Oh no. Just go for it. Friends, I want to tell you this. I was told by a man of God that Larry, you can't, you, you can't sing. You should only do stuff in the background. Maybe some of you might agree, but I thank God that I didn't pay attention to him. I thank God I didn't listen. Go for it. I'm not empty. Thank you. I'm full of you and your grace. Oh, Lord, thank you for the love you give and the fear you take. I'm full of you. I'm full of you. I'm full of your love, Lord. So thank you for the fear you take. Thank you, Lord. Someone else, come on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let the Lord break this in you. before you go next week I'll catch you I'm sure <laughs> come on crossover crossover it's going to be a very long service <laughs> just, just a couple of more minutes really feel, really feel a breaking needs to happen. 
Can you trust me to call your name? Can you trust me to call your name? Oh, no amen at all. Asunta. I can see your kids telling you to do something, so I thought I'll just invite you. You can stand there, that's fine. I had on Friday night in worship a new song came into my heart. Just put the mic closer, please. Lord said it's going to be an anthem for our clinic. So do you just want to sing it without our accompaniment? That's fine. No, no. Oh. I think it's a major chord. I'm not sure. It is done. It is finished. 
You are the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Yeshua, 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 Yeshua. If only I could touch the hem of your garment. release that healing right now Lord Father for those who need to touch the hem of your garment Lord Father may you heal Lord just the fear that might still reside in some right now in Jesus name and break any intimidation break even even statements that people have said no you can't sing no you can't this no you can't that Lord we want to break that right now in the name of Jesus and we pray for a setting free we pray for a freedom to take place, Lord Father. Lord, as your word says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Father, we thank you that next week when we come, we're looking forward to a banquet. We're looking forward to an all-you-can-eat feast. And so, Lord, help us bring the plates that you are going to lay before us, Lord Father, even in our own private times this week, we pray and we thank you that we will taste and see that you are good, that we will begin to not just touch the hem of your garment, we will go beyond, Lord Father. We will experience this Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua, you're our Savior, you're our Deliverer. We bless you, we thank you, and we know that your face will continue to shine upon us. Today, Lord, we indeed, we are indeed transformed. That our minds have been transformed. We thank you. Thank you for delivering so many of us today. Thank you. We thank you. For those who may have particular aches and pain or headaches or knee, knee, knee aches or any, any of that today, the Lord is healing that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, just take that as yours because a song has been sung and, de and delivered to us and declared that if only I can touch the hem of his garment. That's your healing today. That is yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in the peace of God, and may His face continue to shine upon you. And thank you, and if I've in any way offended anyone in terms of you feeling fearful that I was going to call you, I ask you for forgiveness, but go and pray and ask God to give you boldness for next week. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless God.